Welcome, friends, to the Timeless Motherhood podcast, where we talk about biblical motherhood that doesn't cave to culture and has stood the test of time. I'm your host, Kaylee Weikbrot, and tonight we are going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, which is hearing the voice of God. We are going to be diving into three ways that you can start hearing from the Lord and three ways that you can discern whether or not it is actually God's voice that you're hearing. So we're just going to jump right into it. When I first got saved, there was this beautiful innocence and this special period with the Lord. There was a purity to my faith that I'll never forget. I wasn't involved in a church right away, but I was heavily in the word. And just reading, reading the Bible straight without interpretation, without the world's theologies, especially some of the dangerous theologies like cessationism. I just got this full, rich picture of who God was and realized that if he's the same today, yesterday, and forever, then the the God of the Bible that I'm reading about right now is the God that I get to experience. That was my first impression of becoming a believer. As an adult coming to Christ, coming out of darkness into the light, I just grabbed hold of him. And what I experienced in that period was so beautiful and something that over the years I have really worked to get back to, to get back to that first love. In that first love, there were times where I would journal and have a conversation with God. I liked to journal my prayers and connect with God that way. And so as I would talk to him, he would answer me. And I have journal entries from those days where I have little brackets drawn around the words that I felt were coming from the Lord and then my answers and this really sweet back and forth with him. And then there were times where the Lord actually gave me visions. So one vision that I can remember in particular, I was on a flight, I was listening to worship music and just kind of resting my eyes. So my eyes were closed, but I wasn't dreaming. And typically, like if I were to shut my eyes right now, I wouldn't see anything. You could tell me to envision a dog. And it would be really hard for me, honestly, to imagine a dog. The image might be coming in and out. Maybe you have an incredible imagination. My husband says that he can get down to like really fine details in his mind, but my mind does not work that way. But when God gives me visions, it does. The image is stable and clear as if I'm watching a movie in my mind. And the Lord gave me the most beautiful vision. It was just so incredible the way that he spoke to me in these pictures. But I'll never forget the very last part of the vision, which was seeing the whole world. And as it zoomed out, it was Jesus's eye. And, and then it zoomed out to his face. And he had, he had the most somber, loving look in his eyes. There was a sadness, but there was also just this overwhelming love. I'll never forget that. And so things like that really characterize those early days of knowing the Lord. But with experiencing the church, and I am not throwing shade on the entire church because I know there are some really good churches out there, but my experience was as I encountered more believers who had a very different view on the things that I was experiencing and also who many of them had never experienced anything like that, I got the weird girl eye a number of times where I started to go, why is nobody else experiencing God this way? Am I crazy? Is this just a me thing? And so as those kinds of thoughts started to form and develop, it really quenched my ability to hear from him. 
And I, I really wanted to connect with other believers. I knew it was important to be part of the body, but it was really sad that being part of the body meant killing off a part of my relationship with God that was so precious to me. And honestly, even more so solidified and convinced me that God is absolutely real. He's absolutely alive. And he wants to have a supernatural relationship with us. He's a supernatural God. Why would we expect our relationship with him to be boring? Why would we expect that a God who is alive and speaks to his people, that he wouldn't speak to us and he wouldn't speak to his own children? If Jesus walked with the Father and had this deep communion with the Father and said that we would have the same, that Jesus was going to restore that relationship with the Father to us, why would we not have at least a taste of what Jesus experienced in his time on earth? If you've ever experienced that kind of creep, you know, of lukewarm faith taking away from your passion, or maybe you deeply desire to experience the supernatural side of God, but it's not common in your church. Maybe it's frowned upon in your church, or you just don't know how. That's what we're going to dive into. So two major questions, how to start hearing from God and how to know if it's really him. So the first point, three ways to begin hearing from God. And this, I kind of stumbled upon this naturally, but I found an amazing video maybe a year or two ago called Journaling the Voice of God. And when I started watching this video, I was like, wait, no way. People actually do this? Like, this is a real thing? I thought this was just a me thing. It was really cool. And I'll leave the link down below because I think he does a phenomenal job explaining and going deeper into the process of journaling God's voice. But essentially, it's asking God open-ended questions and expecting to hear from him. So you can grab a journal. You can just pray out loud. I love praying out loud because I feel like it's a real conversation and I also get less distracted than when I'm just thinking in my head. But this is an opportunity to enter prayer, not asking God for things, but asking him for himself, asking him for more of him. And some questions I like to ask are, why did you make me? Maybe that seems super out there to ask the Lord why he made you. And this isn't really to try and find out the answer like, God, what's my calling? What's my purpose? But to experience his heart for you. I think sometimes we can go through these periods where maybe we doubt God's love for us or because of our circumstances being really challenging. We just wonder, where is he in all of this? That would honestly be a great question to ask God. God, where are you in this? Because I know in, in your word, it says that you will never leave or forsake me. So you must be here in the middle of this. Where are you? and let him answer. Leave space to hear from him. Another really awesome question is, what's a lie I'm believing about you? Or what's a lie I'm believing about myself? What's a lie I'm believing about the world or how you made things? And then asking him, what's the truth? It's beautiful to journal these things down because you can look back on it. And there's so many times where maybe I'm going through a season where I'm not hearing from the Lord as much or I'm not making as much time to hear from him. I'm not stewarding that quiet space well, but I can always go back to those journals and remind my soul how present he's been. And it's a real encouragement. Also, 
sometimes the Lord has given me words that have taken a really long time to come to fruition. And those are definitely words that you want to hold on to and revisit and go back to and remind yourself of promises that God has spoken about your life, about your purpose, about situations that maybe you're waiting for resolution. God is really faithful to guide us and to lead us. He wants to walk with us in life and he's not a silent partner. I also clear the space before I pray. So it can be a simple prayer where you're just telling and commanding that any spirits that are not of the Lord be silent. And I also take authority over my flesh and silence my flesh. It doesn't have to be an elaborate prayer. The most important thing with prayer is that there's faith behind it. So if you believe that you have authority over all spirits and that you have authority over your temple, that's the key. And so praying to just quiet the atmosphere and also invite the Holy Spirit and tell him, be the only spirit here is really powerful. And uh, my prayer team and I do that often to open up our calls. And when we're diligent to do that, it's amazing how much clarity there is in our prayer and how powerfully God moves in that setting. So I would encourage you to do that when you're praying to the Lord, because that can also help to clear up the airways and make sure that you are hearing from the Lord and all other voices are being silenced. And so the things that you might hear, like I said, it might be words, it might be impressions in your spirit, you might get a thought or something is brought to mind, you might even get pictures or images or like a video of something in your mind. All of those things can be ways that God speaks to you. Sometimes he'll give you a verse and have you go somewhere in his word to speak to you. And we're going to talk a little bit more later in, in this episode about all the different languages of God. But those are just some things to look out for when you are practicing listening for his voice and asking those questions and waiting to get those answers from him. And so there's a particular time that I want to share where I heard very specifically from the Lord um, a word for my life. And so I was in a really, really difficult waiting season, a lot of things up in the air, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of grief, a lot of, God, when is this going to be over? And I asked God, Lord, how long? How long until there is resolution? And his answer surprised me because it was very specific. And it was also a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. I was really hoping we were talking months and the Lord said years. And I was like, okay, God, but you answered me. And my response to him was, of course, it's a really long time to wait. And his response to me completely melted me. He told me, I waited longer for you. And this is super personal, so I don't expect the the emotion of that to come through. But I had a long wayward season and the Lord viciously pursued me to bring me out of darkness and into the light. And so when he said that, it just brought everything into perspective. Like God plays the long game with us. And that's not exactly what this episode's about, but it's just to show that he really does speak in the way that it spoke directly to my heart, exactly what I needed in that moment. And it's a word that I've held on to since then. It's been so powerful. It's been such a comfort to me when I think 
that maybe he's forgotten about my circumstances or when I think that maybe because of what's happening around me, he's changed his mind or that's not exactly the plan. I just remember the way that he spoke to me, the way that he comforted me and also in that moment communicated how much he loved me and how much he was asking me to be loved in this situation as I wait patiently. And so I just really want to encourage you guys with this because he does speak and it's so beautiful when he does. If you've never heard the Lord speak, do not feel like you have been kept back from some sort of secret club. The Lord is not trying to withhold from you, but it does require a measure of faith to believe that the Lord is going to answer. And so that's the next point. Expect to hear from him. So when we're asking him these questions, we have to expect that we will hear from him. And it may sound simple, but how often do we go into prayer completely in doubt that God even hears us, that he answers prayers, that he's going to answer us, that he's going to speak to us. When those doubts are in our mind, we can rob ourselves of the experience of God. I mean, we're asking him to push through a lot. And I mean, even in my moment of salvation, when I asked the Lord, if you're really real, I was expecting to hear from him. And boy, did I. I was expecting to hear from him. He had built up that expectancy in me, but I was ready to hear from him. I was ready to be proven wrong, have my atheism proven wrong, and meet the God who made me. And so I would encourage you to grow in your expectancy of God. It's not wrong to expect things from the Lord, especially when you're expecting him to be the supernatural God that he is, to be the alive and living and breathing God that he is. If you really believe that God is real, then go into your prayer that way, believing that he's real and he really wants to talk to you. He really wants to be in an intimate relationship with you. That is why he sent his son to die for you, to restore that relationship. Our religion, Christianity, it's not a religion. It's a relationship. That is the biggest difference, I think, in Christianity amongst all the world religions. It's a relationship. We get to be intimately connected with our God. It's so beautiful. And in John 14, 26, Jesus is saying to the disciples, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I said to you. And then in 1613, Jesus says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. This is powerful right here. And there are some people who will say this was just for the disciples. This was just for the apostles because they needed to write the Bible. The majority of the disciples never wrote a single book of the Bible. Jesus is instructing his disciples to be ready for the spirit who's going to come and who will speak to them and guide them in truth. Why? Not so that they can write a book that's a closed work and then no more word is spoken, so that they can live out the gospel 
so that they can spread the good news of Jesus, that he died to restore our relationship to God and to continue to be empowered and discipled and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It's really beautiful stuff. And so then the third point is we have to learn his languages. We have to learn how God speaks. Actually, I'm going to back up a little bit and talk a little bit more about him guiding us into all truth. Because this summer, I had an incredible season with the Lord. He blessed me with an incredible friendship that was for a season. And during this time, we would be on the phone for hours talking about the Lord and having these revelations from the Spirit. It was almost as if all the Bible that was already inside of me just started growing roots or a web. And the Holy Spirit just started to connect all of these different points, all of these different dots. And what was so incredible about it was this was fresh revelation, things that I hadn't heard taught on. I hadn't heard a sermon on it. But then the next day or the day after, one of us would hear a sermon about that very thing. And it was almost as if God was confirming to us just how good of a teacher the Holy Spirit is, but also that it was from him that he was revealing truth to us. And it was truth that he had already revealed to others as well. Like, I can't make this up. It was one of the coolest things, and I pray that I will experience more of that. But it, it was just so powerful to have these revelations about the word, about God, about his nature, about who I am in Christ, where I stand in relation to him. So many things, so many things that he wants to reveal to us. The word, the word is just a starting point and it is a powerful place to start. But there is so much more to God than just the word. And I want to be very careful in saying that. But I also want us to open our eyes just a little bit. The Bible is a book. God is God. Why wouldn't there be more to him than what's written? It is a foundational character study of God. It outlays and outlines the story of how we got where we are today, everything that happened with Christ. But even at the, at the end of Luke or John, I believe, it says, if I wrote down everything that happened, there would not be enough pages in the world to capture what Jesus did while he was here. Right in the book, it says, it's not all here, guys. There's so much more. We're only scratching the surface. That's what we need to think about when we think about the supernatural, when we think about connection with the Lord, the living God. It's not all there. It is complete. It is inerrant. But there's more to him because he's alive and I'm alive and we get to do things together. You get to do things with God. You get to live with the Lord, be in relationship with him, walk with him, hear from him. And by God's grace, I hope see miracles, see people delivered, experience freedom for yourself. There's so much that God has made available to his children. And my, my hope and my prayer and my passion is to help you experience more of that. So moving on to learning his languages. God speaks in many different ways. One of the ways that you may already be hearing from him that you may not realize is what I like to call the God echo chamber. So this is where you go on Instagram. Maybe you see a reel. 
really touches you, there's a lot of truth in it and speaking to something maybe particular in your life, then you happen upon a sermon or you're at church on Sunday and your pastor's talking about it. And then your mom mentions it to you or a friend is talking to you about something similar. And there's like this echoey effect happening around you. God may be trying to tell you something or highlight a truth that he wants you to get into your soul or an area of your life that you need to do some digging in, maybe do some cleaning up in. So that's one of the ways, which I guess it's one of the ways in multiple ways that he talks to us. So through other people, but he also can talk in mental images, like I mentioned earlier, audible and inaudible voice. My husband actually has a really interesting story about hearing the Lord's voice. He said it was like cleared the room. He was in a prayer gathering in high school and all of a sudden it was like an atomic bomb blast. Nothing else existed around him and he just heard this sound. He couldn't make out the words that God was speaking. It's like maybe a different language or something, but just the sound of it. He said it was like a trumpet and also just rich and like room clearing. So cool. I haven't heard the audible voice of God, but I have heard his inaudible voice. I've had impressions in my spirit. That's another way. Speaks to us, or I guess I would say connects with us through just a sense of peace that falls on us. The peace that surpasses all understanding. That peace of God. He also speaks to us in dreams and visions. He speaks to us through his word. He can also speak to us through numbers and symbols. Little caution there. Numerology is a dangerous temptation. The enemy likes to twist the things of the Lord and get people hyper fixated on them. And so use wisdom. If you ever notice yourself pulling towards any of these particular things where you're more interested in that particular way that God is speaking to you rather than him speaking to you in general, and if the things that are being pointed out are not necessarily leading you to Christ, but are maybe self-aggrandizing or self-indulgent, then you may be getting off track a little bit. But yeah, we'll talk more about discernment later. God may speak to you very differently than he speaks to me, than he speaks to other believers. And that's okay. The point is that you're seeking to hear from him and that you're expecting to hear from him. We would all agree that if you're not hearing from him at all, it's not the same as hearing from him in a different way. And yes, God's word speaks to us, but there's a deeper level of revelation that the Holy Spirit wants us to be getting when we are connecting with his word. And I do believe that for most, if not all believers, the Lord wants to connect with you in even deeper ways outside of his word because it's alive, it's living, and he's alive. So one of my favorite passages in scripture about a person hearing from the Lord is actually in Luke 2 verses 25 through 26. And it says, And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. This man then meets Jesus in the temple when he is being circumcised and starts to prophesy over Jesus and praise the Lord that his word came to pass. He got to see Christ in flesh. He was righteous, but otherwise he was a normal dude. It doesn't say that he was a prophet. It doesn't say that he was an apostle. Now, why would God pick 
some random guy and tell him, you won't die until you see the Christ. He wanted to connect with his kids. There may have been other people who had words like this. We don't know. But the point with this scripture that I'm drawing out is this man was not special in his own right. And yet the Lord chose to rest his spirit upon him prior to Jesus's sacrifice, prior to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that we have, which is better. We are under a better covenant than Simeon was. And yet Simeon heard from the Lord and the Lord answered or made well on that promise. So now that we have kind of a starting place for hearing from the Lord, how do we really know that it's God when we're hearing from him? So there's three ways that I want to point out for how we can know. First, we need to know the word. The word is a solid foundation. It is what we point back to because it is verified and tested and true. And so we know the word. We pray for discernment of the spirits. And then we also can consult with trusted believers. So knowing the word, this is the best way to know if God is talking to you, is to see if what he's saying lines up with his words and the context. That's really important because the devil also knows the Bible, but context is really important. So we see this in the story where Satan is tempting Jesus in the wilderness. And at first, Satan tempts him just with his pure desire. He says, oh, you're hungry. See that stone. If you're the son of God, turn it into bread. And Jesus retorts back with, it is written. His second attempt, Satan comes at Jesus with the word of God itself. In Matthew 4, 6, it says, and he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. But this verse was being taken out of context, and Jesus knew the word better, and he knew the truth that you're not to test the Lord. And so we have to know God's word, and we have to understand context. It's not enough to simply look at verses of scripture, but we really need to go in and read chapters. We need to be well-versed in the Bible. It's such a gift and a blessing that we have the Bible so easily accessible, but we can become so complacent to it. There are literally countries around the world where believers are not allowed to have God's word in their homes. A friend of mine used to live in China and she, being foreign, was allowed to have a Bible and was allowed to be a part of a Christian community, but they struggled to get more Bibles in. She had the Bible that she came with, but to evangelize and share the gospel with other people, it was hard for them to get Bibles. If you were Chinese, you were not allowed to attend a church. It was only reserved for foreigners. And so there was a lot of work being done in the underground church. And I say all of that just to say, we don't want to take the word of God for granted. We don't want to take the word of God for granted. It's so vital to connecting with the Lord, knowing who he is, understanding his character, understanding who we are in Christ, what we have available to us as his children. It's so important that we are in the word regularly. This is not a checking the box thing. This is a getting to know you kind of thing. Take our kids. If we got some sort of readout report of everything there is to know about them, and just be like, cool, and stick it in the drawer. Like, those are our babies. We would want to, like, know what's going to happen in the future, what happened in the past. 
when we weren't there, like I would just be pouring over that. And so, you know, we're on a journey of developing deeper love and deeper intimacy with God. And the word is one of those ways that we can grow in intimacy and also knowing his voice. Because when you know his word, you know when Satan tries to twist it. So you don't have to read the whole word before you can talk to God. That's not what I'm saying. But if you've been talking to the Lord and if you receive something from him that you believe he's speaking to you or saying about your life, please go to the word and make sure that what God has said lines up with his written word because his spoken word will always, always line up with his written word. So the next thing is to pray for discernment. And this is actually a spiritual gift that is given by the Holy Spirit to his children so that we can sense spirits, whether a spirit is from the Lord or if it's a spirit of the enemy. And again, sometimes these spirits can be subtle. They've had thousands of years to get really good at manipulating humans. We don't have to be afraid because we can trust that the Lord is greater and he desires for his children to know the truth. And so if our desire is to live in the truth and know the truth, then God will make sure that we're clear on that. And it says in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. We need to seek that discernment from the Lord and continue to pray for that so that we can discern what is God's will and what isn't from him. And in 2 Corinthians 11, 14, it says, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. There is often this heavenly peace that comes from connecting with the Lord, even if what he's told you is not exactly what you want to hear. Like this story I shared earlier, where the answer that the Lord gave me about my timeline, it was not what I wanted to hear. But there was a peace that came over me from that encounter with him that really solidified in my spirit that it was from him because I heard something I didn't want to hear and I was okay with it. And I think being in the Lord's presence really comforts our spirit. Our spirit knows this is the God I can trust. This is the God I can put my foundation on and I will not be shaken. So remember that if when you're praying, if you're hearing things that make you feel deeply unsettled, there's a lot of chaos, a lot of mental chatter that's coming sends you into kind of a spiraling confusion, that's a good indicator that it's time to press in and maybe step back. Every situation is different. Seek the Lord, use discernment, but sometimes just resting in the Lord and going, Lord, I put this on the altar. I put it back at your feet. I'm going to put this answer that I feel like you gave me. I'm giving it back to you. Confirm it to me. I want to be sure that I'm hearing from you and that I am following what you want for my life. I trust you that you're going to make it absolutely clear to me that this is what you want for me. And he will. And then lastly, consult a trusted believer. The body of Christ was given to us for many purposes, this being one of them, that we can confer with each other whether or not we're hearing from the Lord. An interesting example of this is Paul, Saul, who became Paul, when he started his ministry, he went away for three years and wasn't around any of the disciples, but the Holy Spirit taught him about the gospel. And so then when he did connect with the original disciples, he shared his full understanding of the gospel to be tested. He wanted to make sure that he had heard correctly and that he was sharing 
the real true gospel. And they were amazed. They were amazed at how he had truly heard from the Lord. The Lord's spirit had taught him everything that he knew about God, about the gospel, about Jesus. Like that's so incredible to me. And so that's what we have the body of believers for. Whenever someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit talks to another person who's filled with the Holy Spirit, there's going to be unity in spirit. Ephesians 4 is a really great chapter on unity in the spirit. Now, if your husband is a spirit-filled believer, I recommend sharing with him and asking him to pray for confirmation or to test it in his spirit and see if it sounds like something that God would say. My husband and I recently were praying over a big decision that we were going to make. And against all odds, we thought maybe it was headed in a different direction. But at the last moment, when we really needed the answer, the Lord gave us complete peace that we were to move forward. And it wasn't what we were expecting. But again, we had peace and we were certain that it was the Lord. If you don't know anybody personally, maybe you aren't surrounded by believers who feel this way about the Lord or believe that he speaks to us. Or maybe you're new to the faith and just don't have a solid community around you yet. I would encourage you to step out and work on expanding your network. Be prayerful. Ask the Lord to send you people who he wants you to connect with, who can help you grow in your faith. But be bold to step out. I felt like I was dying on the vine before I started connecting with other believers who regularly heard from God, received visions and dreams from him, walked in the prophetic, cast out demons, you know, fully embraced the spiritual and supernatural side of God. And not saying that a person needs to meet all of that criteria. And maybe some of those things you're still a little bit weary of. I, I get that. But it's so important to be surrounded by other believers who passionately love Jesus, who don't tire of talking about him, who want real relationship with him. Because when we start to develop that deeper intimacy with the Lord and we share that with other people, there are some people that God's going to bring us to to be the light, to show them that there's more to Christ or that Christ exists at all. But sometimes we need to be in community where we're being fed as well. I'm going to link a couple of online communities and people who, for me personally, have been a beacon for finding like-minded believers that I can grow spiritually with. I have a weekly prayer call with five other ladies in my area that I connected with through one of these communities. Nate and Christy Johnston are just incredible prophets and have such a heart for the Lord such an incredible ministry. And so through Christie's ministry, I connected with these ladies to start praying daily, five days a week. These ladies love the Lord. And it's so incredible because we're all different ages, all different stages, all different backgrounds, but it's just so beautiful how the Lord has brought us together. And it, I mean, it could have ended really badly. It could have been really awkward, but the Lord knew what he was doing. And so step out in faith and trust that the Lord is also going to orchestrate that. We pray for each other's husbands. We pray over our kids. We pray over our families. We pray over our nation together. It is powerful to find friends that you can pray with and who you can consult with. There have been many times where one of us has come with a dream that we needed help interpreting. And it's been really powerful the way that God's spoken to us using other people to interpret. 
And it's just so cool to see the way God connects all of us together. Oh, there's just so much more to him. I just pray that you experience that and are experiencing that right now. So to recap this episode, you can start hearing from God by asking him questions, expecting answers, and learning his languages, all the different ways that he speaks. And then you can know that it's him by first and foremost knowing his word, praying for discernment, and consulting with believers that you can trust, that you know also have a deep relationship with the Lord and a deep understanding of his word. Now here at Timeless Motherhood, we leave the surface tips and tricks at the door and we run hard after looking like Jesus. If he paid for it, we want to receive it fully from him. And that includes a beautifully restored connection with our Father God. So if you want to go deeper in your faith, subscribe to this channel for more. And until next week, be blessed.